I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With the pump fake and one dribble inside to the long two, and he makes it. That's been his game his whole career, but look at him smiling. We go, my man. of the long two i am pete rogers he is natty wallach and we are the least efficient fantasy basketball podcast you'll ever hear but we get the job done basketball has started we got preseason games going on as we speak i'd be remiss if we didn't mention the fact that ben simmons hit a three-pointer today (laughs) just i just wanted to just say that and get that out of the way uh, because we are recording whilst the games are going on, um, but uh, I just wanted to just wanted to announce to everyone that that did indeed happen. Yes, we can all go crazy now that Ben Simmons has taken a three pointer in a preseason game. So let's all let's all control ourselves and calm down. Are you a Celtics fan, by the way? No, no I'm not. I wouldn't oh. dare call myself as that. Um, so you weren't just talking shit. <laughs> it was like, oh, good for him. That's oh, no, yeah, horrible. Exactly. No, he this- made. A three-point. We just, My I gosh. just think it's this is a moment for us in the, you know, Twitter basketball, internet basketball community to take a round of, to take a bow. You know, we made Ben Simmons a better player by telling him that he was a coward for not shooting threes, and now he's shooting threes. So we have made Ben Simmons a better player. So wait, can I ask you a serious question? Of course. If he has developed an actual three-pointer. Do you think he could win MVP this year? Yes, 100%. If he can shoot 35% from three, he could. I think he's a lock for the best player in fantasy and possibly MVP. Don't you agree? Like he could maybe win 60 games, you know? Yeah. Well, and then all of a sudden, any kind of debate that you've ever had about, you know, can he and, and uh, Embiid play together gets thrown out the window because suddenly there's not yeah. a spacing issue. Right. I think, yeah, no, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. He's taken one. So that must be your nightmare, dude. Like, what <laughs> if it actually happens? And then, like, all the shit that everyone has been talking forever, and you're like, oh, fuck, we did it to him. Oh, shit. Now we he's made him he's an actual <laughs> MVP. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, not too worried. We'll see. Show it, show it to me in any game that matters, Ben. Show it to wow. me. Wow. Okay, cool. Yep. Cool. Double cool. down. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so let's talk about some of our fa- favorite fantasy sleepers for 2019. Might as well uh, jump into the deep end and, and name some players who you actually might watch during preseason games and keep in mind as you're watching the games go down. So sleepers mean different things to different mm-hmm. people. Smart. And I, you know, tried to identify some dudes in different ways and different sleeper ways that I thought would be helpful to people in their drafts while it's going on and we're just a couple of weeks away from the start of the nba season my first one is patrick beverly Ooh, okay not maybe a a sleeper so what's your definition of a sleeper for him here 
Well, he is currently being drafted outside the top 150. Oh, okay. So then, yeah, that's a, that's a sleeper. <laughs> like, I just think that's, it's not nuts because he doesn't score a lot, but last year he scored less than he usually does. He's usually, I mean, he, he's two years ago, he scored 12 points a game. And I think that with Paul George out for a long time, maybe, uh, and just with better players on the team, he's going to have more assists. His steals per game will go back up, and his field goal attempts, were, which were just six last year, will also go up. He's a ferocious defender. Uh, he's maybe kind of the heart and soul of that team. He's really fought his way into becoming a starting point guard. And I just love him next to Shamit and next to Kawhi and Paul George. Like, that's just crazy to me. So I think he's in store for a really big year. Yeah. And you, and defense is always something that in fantasy, you, you want to make sure you at least have a couple guys on your team who are going to reliably get you stocks, uh, steals yeah. and blocks. And, and Pat Bev has routinely been able to do that. So that's a, that's a good guy to have on your back. I mean, you know, he falls into the kind of range of that. And like, you know, Marcus, Marcus Smart is the same kind of way where you're getting sure. those guys on your team for their defense, but then they also are able to to balance it out and give you uh, points across the board. Um, I like that. I like that. And, and he's going, you know, outside of the top one, you said the 130? Yeah, I mean, it's on ESPN. I saw outside of the top 150, but again, like people are having early drafts, so who yeah. knows? Um, I just sort of think that a point guard who's going to have Kawhi and Paul George is probably going to do pretty well. And Oh, you think? Wow, what a, it, what a bold I know, statement I know. coming from you. <laughs> Thank God. I'm a doctor. I didn't go to fantasy school for nothing. Please address me as such. It, it's... He he took six shots a game last year. That's fucking nuts. That's he's gonna have yeah, yeah yeah like he's gonna have four more. Like he'll shoot at least twice a quarter. You know, like maybe more than that. It's him and Shamit out as the guards to start, and then Sweet Lou comes in. Um, but, but I think Patrick Beverly is going to play a lot because I think Paul George is not coming back anytime soon. Yeah, no, and that'll that's increased minutes and increased assists and increased times to score. Uh, I like their I like your Pat Bev, and I'm going to talk about my first sleeper is a point guard as well, who I feel like people are. I have a I have a th- I have a theme through my sleepers, and and it's uh, oh. guys who guys who had short season shortened seasons by injury, who maybe you've okay. forgotten about. Uh, so my first guy, Jeff Teague, Minnesota. Uh, who's I think he was 90 last time I looked around 90s uh, in ESPN he only played 42 games last year he was injured uh, but in those 42 games had 12.1 points per game and a career high eight and a, 8.2 assists uh, and if you go back to 2017 which was his first year with Minnesota he averaged 33 minutes 14.2 points 1.2 threes three boards, seven assists, and 1.7 stocks. The beauty here is that he is stepping into an amazing situation in Minnesota. Obviously, there's no Jimmy Buckets anymore, which, you know, just in general, that means there's more shots for everyone in Minnesota. But more so, there's no one else at point guard. Derrick Rose is in Detroit, and Tyus Young, yeah. uh, Tyus Jones is now in Memphis. So this is Jeff Teague's 
Like he's running this offense. He is the point guard for the Minnesota Timberwolves heading into this season. And he's shown that he can be a viable fantasy player when he is healthy and getting good minutes. And, you know, I think that that's exactly what's going to happen. He's someone who I think a lot of people will kind of overlook because of the fact he only played 42 games last year. And so when you look at when you rank by season stats or whatever, he won't show up in, you know, among the kind of top 20 some odd point guards. But I think he could certainly finish there. Um, And so he's someone I'm definitely targeting in all my drafts. So just a small quibble. He wasn't injured. It's just that he's so boring that nobody noticed that he played every single game. Oh, okay. Uh, that would happen. That's what happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Cool. That's he played every minute of every game. Actually, if, yeah, if you like, go to I don't see anyone. If you go to basketballreference.com, that's what they say. They say he played 42 games, but also played in the rest of them. He just was forgotten about. Right. When you look up snore in the dictionary, it's just a picture of him. Um, <laughs> you're totally right, though. That team needs a ball distributor, and that's what Teague does. Uh, I do think that Minnesota is a team ripe for a trade, and I wonder if it's a stealth destination for Kyle Lowry, maybe. But there's no doubt that going into this season, like he's one of the most, Teague, I mean, he's one of the most needed dudes. Oh, yeah on a team because like Wiggins doesn't distribute the ball. You know, it's just like this team is, it hasn't cratered. You can't crater when you have Carl Anthony towns, Mm -hmm. but they have to re identify themselves and figure out what they are just for this year, just for the first 20 games. Um, And that means passing, like you're going to have to get everybody involved and you're going to have to try to optimize cat. And that means you're going to have to have a smart, effective dude running the offense. And that's what he is. So, yeah, I totally agree with that. Absolutely. Um, I also two things. One, this could be as we as we go into the era of unicorn big men, uh, we might see cats assist numbers take a big jump. We might we might start seeing sure. Cat as a as a joker kind of uh, facilitator of this offense. The other thing is, and I'm asking you this, Natty. My fantasy basketball league is drafting soon, and we just made our we put in our keepers. Uh, am I crazy? Tell me, I'm not crazy for doing this. I am not having Andrew Wiggins as one of my keepers. I feel like that's a very sane thing to do. Without knowing what the specific rules are, I think I can safely say, fuck that guy, you can do better. (laughs) I mean, I I feel bad for saying that because, like, the dude, like, if it's two years ago, then I think he's averaging, what, like, 22 points or something? Uh, You know, like, he gifts you empty calorie points. Um, I think that the narrative has really poisoned him and that everyone thinks that he's not a shitty player, but a one-dimensional player. Well, it's also it's also unfair because of the fact that he came into the league with just an absurd amount of hype. I mean, I mean, sure. like like uh, Zion levels of hype, where everyone's just like, "This guy's it." This, I mean, he was he was the he looks piece, the part. He looks the part, but like that was that was the thing is that everyone was just like, "This is the next great NBA player," and it just hasn't worked yeah. out for him. He hasn't been terrible like he's a serviceable two guard or three guard like but like because of the fact that he came in with such high expectations we're we're like oh my god andrew wiggins wow what a bust and he's he's been a fine player 
but he's he not just he's not someone I'm keeping around. It's like he hasn't seemed to have um gotten more effective at mm-hmm. defense, which I think in the real world outside of fantasy is a pretty good indicator of a player's IQ. Mm-hmm. Like if you can't get better just from reps at defense and knowing where to go and how hard to play, then that's a big red flag for me. Um, but at the same time, he's still young. He's still pretty good offensively in certain ways, but I, I mean, like, I don't know where I would draft him. I'm working on my, on my top 150 right now. Ooh, I just a little tease coming to fake know, teams. Look at that. Yeah. Yep. I, but I don't want to draft him either. You know, yeah. like no one wants to draft him. It doesn't seem like he has any kind of constituency at all. Um, I think everyone tries to put him into trades on the trade machine, but it's like, <laughs> why would anyone do that? Right. Why would anyone? Uh, trade Cause he's so expensive. Like if he, right. if he was, if he was only 75% as expensive, then I think the people would think about him differently, but right. you know, and a like, change of scenery could do him well, do him good. Sure. It's, it's just, it's just that contract is massive. Uh, who's your second sleeper? Okay, my second sleeper is a dude we've talked about before and a guy whose ownership really irritated me last year. It's Brooke fucking Lopez, (laughs) who is... I just can't stand this man. He's getting drafted on ESPN right now, 103rd. He ended the year last year top 25. Like, he's the only player in... NBA history to average two plus three pointers and two plus box a game. He is without a doubt, one of the most valuable pieces you can have in fantasy basketball. It's fucking crazy. Like (laughs) I think that maybe people don't want to draft him because of FIBA and of what happened. Um, I don't think that during the tournament because he just didn't look good and he didn't play, but it's like those, those are totally different rules. And there's no reason to believe that last season was an aberration when all of the indicators show that he was trending up. Like he was trying to do these things, you know, Mm -hmm. he is a new, even though he's old, he's a new kind of big who can protect the rim and also space the floor by shooting outside. That's what everybody will want to do this year. Miles Turner is another guy that is probably going to try to start doing this. Like centers, it's strange, but centers now sort of clog the lane for everybody else right. rather than everybody else trying to open up space for the for the big. Um, so you, when you are able to shoot as well as Brooke Lopez can, and he is one of the best volume three-point shooters in the NBA, and you get blocks, which are one of the rarest. It's just, I can't fucking believe he's getting drafted outside of the top 100. That's yeah. so nuts. I mean, I think, I think, I think you touched on it. It's just that people feel like this is this seat. Like, I feel like everyone kept watching last year and being like, well, eventually Brooke Lopez will stop being amazing in fantasy. Like, and just eventually it's just, he's going to come crashing down and he never did. And credit to him. Like, he was phenomenal all year long. And so, but I think that that expectation people just have because they're just like, this doesn't, it doesn't compute. <laughs> they're like, wait, Brooke Lopez yeah. should be a top 25 fantasy player. Um, but you're right. 
he and I think the the nice thing about him too, it, when people start worrying about his age and you know just like centers wear and tear brings them down you get injured you miss games that whole nine yards but because of the fact that he has developed this three-point shot and more or less on the offensive side just hangs around the three-point line right he doesn't really bang yeah. in the paint until on defense well that saves a lot of contact off of his body and so i think that he's going to probably age a little bit better certainly his game will age well he's a seven foot three-point shooter like you can't cover that um <laughs> uh, so i think Dude, i think i think block, there's yeah i mean block rate uh, translates people yeah. that block well in college block well in the pros and he can shoot over people. You know, he's like turned into a little bit of what Dirk used to be. Dirk showed everyone how a big can age. Well, if you can shoot well, yeah, it's like you can shoot over people. If you're seven feet tall, you know, I, I know Funny that, how that seems works. like a, right. It seems crazy, but you're taller than everyone and you can release over everyone and your shot doesn't disappear. So I, I, I mean, I'm really, God damn, I don't want to be irritated by this all season again. No, I mean, and he is a cheaper miles Turner in fantasy, right? They're both more or less the same kind of player. They're both going to get you two kind of statistical, two categories that are really important in fantasy or, or, you know, certainly blocks are hard to get and three pointers are now the rage in fantasy. And so both of those guys are going to get you both of those categories, but Brooke Lopez is going to hell of a lot later. So you miss out on miles Turner. You got Brooke Lopez there um, and they could give you even production. Who knows? Can I give you the players that are getting drafted right after Brooke Lopez, who again was top 25 last year. Uh, (laughs) Karis Levert <laughs> is next at 104th, who I also love. Go blue. And Josh Richardson is 105th, who I also love and was a, gr- a great pickup by Philly. Like, both of those players are good, and I love them, but they're not top 25 fantasy players. Right. That's fucking crazy. Brooke Lopez <laughs> is. And by the way, the Bucks got rid of one of their best players, Malcolm Brogdon. So maybe Brooke Lopez will get even more shot attempts this year. Yeah, that's it. That's a, I'm, I'm so not, pissed, man. You're, you're God damn it, dude. That I'm going to just like go unnecessarily hard for Brooke Lopez and my fantasy team. Now. Take him in your first round. Seriously. Just do it. Just, just, that's just how it's got to be. Uh, we're going to stay on the center position because my second, my second uh, sleeper is also a center. Doesn't shoot threes, though, as much. Mm. But uh, Wendell Carter Jr., another guy Ooh. whose season was shortened because of injuries. Uh, on ESPN, he's going also in that kind of mid-90s area. Uh, he played 44 games, averaged 10.3 points, seven boards, 1.8 assists, and almost two stocks per game on 25 minutes. And just like we, just like Jeff Teague, he's coming back from injury. People are probably sleeping on him, and he's going to have a bigger role because a he's a very talented young player, and so naturally Chicago is wanting to get him more involved in their offense. And b there's now no Robin Lopez there, so he's going to see a lot more minutes and in a much more expanded role, and is going to give you. I mean, he already almost averaged a double double on 25 minutes uh, in 44 yeah. games. And so like, who's to say that he can't take that step and get you a double double and, you know, one and a half blocks a game. So that's someone who I think people are going to miss sleep on, forget about, uh, or, or just not expect as much from him. Uh, but he could certainly perform and is going uh, much cheaper than maybe what he'll actually end up. The weird thing about the bulls this year is that they all of a sudden seem to have a lot of, 
pretty functional, maybe good players. Yeah, they're a, a put-together team. Right. So if they're if they're at their peak, like what what if they just max out and it's really, really, really good? It's hard to believe that Wendell wouldn't be in the middle of that and also be doing really, really well. I don't think there's anything we've seen from him that suggests he is not a good player. Um, I am a little skeptical of their coaching and I don't really know how hard, like if I were in charge of the team, I don't really know how hard or how many minutes I would let Carter play. Um, But I, I think he's going to be great this year. I, I mean, I don't know if he'll be a top 50 player, but I think it would be strange if he wasn't top 75, top 80. Right. And, and, and like you mentioned at the very top, like there's, there are variations or or differing definitions of sleeper. Um, And some of the guys we've already talked about are guys who could vastly outperform uh, their ADP. And I think Wendell Carter has that potential, but I think you're right that more likely than not, what you're getting is you're getting a guy who has a pretty high floor at a cheaper rate. And even if it's like, you know, 15 picks, you know, you're getting him 15 picks later. That's totally fine. You're getting him, after you're able to get two other guys or, or what have you, you know, before where his spot would have been. So he's someone who I think you're just, you can get in drafts pretty late and he's going to consistently always give you fantasy production as long as he stays healthy. And that's what you want. And I think as opposed to the bucks where you want Brooke Lopez, the center out at uh, the three point line, Mm. Uh, for the Bulls, it's Wendell and then four shooters. Like, you right. don't want Laurie Markinen inside the power forward. Um, Otto Porter is going to be on the perimeter. Uh, there's, I mean, Zach Levine is always going to be drilling inside. But there's um, there's a fit to the old school center for Carter that uh, is going to help optimize his efficiency. Like, I wonder how well he'll do in field goal percentage this year, because like, you just don't need him taking mid range shots. Like he's not going to be on the perimeter at all. He will be inside um, right. and they'll be feeding him. And he's just, uh, you know, he, he might look very uh, old school this year as one of the, I don't know, maybe like 10 to 12 centers that really like going in the paint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, the guys we've seen, speaking of preseason that's currently going on, uh, Steven Adams has hit a three, and so is Boban. So talk about centers who I normally mean, live in the yeah. paint. They're hitting threes but Like, come on. We, like, we say this every year. The preseason doesn't mean anything. No, it doesn't mean like, shit. all the Zion highlights Yeah, Ben. Yeah, Ben, funny. you hear that? You hear that, Ben? Doesn't mean shit. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it's like no one's playing defense. All the Zion highlights... you. Like, don't watch them for the dunks. Watch them for where all the defenders are positioned. They're literally getting out of his way. I know. And the reason they're doing that is because no one wants to fucking get injured in the preseason. And, of course, this 280-pound behemoth (laughs) is running right at you. (laughs) Obviously, you get out of the way and just let him dunk. Like These aren't posters. It's just, like... I mean, dunks are cool, obviously, but it's so funny when you just like watch dudes take two steps back and like, oh my God, look at what Zion did. Yeah, well, almost anyone could do that if they're not getting defended. Over under the number of rims Zion breaks this year. I think they make them in a way that you like, like 
I still you know, trust him to break at least it. one. I just, every dunk he has made, and I, I totally agree with everything he said, but every dunk he has made has such violent ferocity sure. that I just feel like at some point he's going, like if he has five of those in a game consecutively, the sixth one, the brim is just going to be like, fuck this, I can't handle it anymore. No, you can tell he's savvy because not only does he has, have soft hands, like that feed from Lonzo I really oh, liked a lot. Yeah. Um, but he, I mean, he knows what people want, obviously. Of course. Like he's not going to lay To a certain extent, in. all athletes are performers. Like, they're doing it, it for the fans. They mm-hmm. are in front of people all of the time. They know what people want. So, yeah, fucking hit home runs. Fucking dunk as hard as you can. But, um. Speaking of dunks, if you're in a league that counts dunks, I I mean, I don't even think he'll be in the top 10 this year. Ooh, hot take. Yeah, Cause, but cause, like, who knows? I mean, I think the Pelicans are going to be really hard to predict yeah. because they have good young players and they have to find out what those good young players are. And especially with Brandon Ingram, he's almost more important to the history, to the future of the Pelicans than Zion because... Mm-hmm. They don't have him for as long. So right. you have to find out what you right. think of him so that you can trade him if, if you don't think he's going to be part of the future. But if you think he can stick next to Zion and it's great, that, I mean, Jesus that's a, Christ. That's a duo. That is a duo yeah. with Lonzo. Fuck that. Again, we talked about this last week, but uh, if this Pelicans team doesn't make the playoffs, we're about to burn the NBA down. It's just so, oh God, the West is crazy. Uh, all right. Give me your last sleeper for this for this year. Okay, I just popped a beer. <laughs> is, yeah. this, is this in time with the sleeper? Should we all be prepared for just how amazing yeah. this call is going to be? Oh, get ready, buddy, because <laughs> I'm going to give you some stats. Oh, fuck yes. Yep. Okay, so my sleeper <laughs> is getting drafted on ESPN right now outside of the top 125. Okay. Two years ago, This guy averaged 17-plus points per game, 2-plus rebounds per game, 2-plus assists per game, 5-plus three-point attempts per game, and a 48 field goal percentage. Only four players matched or exceeded that line last year. So again, those numbers that I just said, those are from two years ago. Mm-hmm. Only four players matched or exceeded that last year. Those four players are Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, and Kevin Durant. All right. Can you tell me, Pete, yeah. who the player is that I'm talking about? I have, let me look. I'm quickly looking at names in that area. I mean, clearly it's John Wall. <laughs> no, uh, it is not. Is it, all right, this is my my actual guess. Is it Eric Gordon? It is not. Oh. Two years ago, Golden Gary Harris did that. Oh, shit. I should have known that. Yeah. Yes, Gary Harris is a great call. Yeah. It's absolutely annihilatingly crazy how good this guy could be. He's super young. The Nuggets are 
just jam packed with talent right now. They, I don't know if they have too many good players, but you could see how maybe some dudes might get a little upset that they're not getting enough minutes. Mm-hmm. If Denver is a Bradley Beal destination, then Gary Harris is one of the players that will get sent back in the trade. Mm-hmm. And if DC can go into next year with a recuperating Dr. John Wall and Gary Harris, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. Gary Harris is incredible. Everybody should be drafting him. No, he is a great call. And also you were sparked you sparked some guy who I was going to write who I was going to mention, but I did not I don't have him in my official three sleepers, but I'm gonna throw him I'm gonna mention him anyways, just because he has looked so good in camp and he's uh, an injured body who people uh, will forget about, but he has just looked uh, very, very promising. And let me quickly find Michael Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. also someone who came in yep. with a huge draft pedigree was injured all of last season. And if he can stay healthy, he has looked phenomenal to start, you know, their, uh, their camp and everything coming out of everything coming out of Denver has been nothing but uh positives in terms of his progression and how he's played. So he's going, I mean, he's going like way back in the one fifties, I think. And so he's a, he's a name who I would stash and just see what happens. Dude, he could be rookie of the year, couldn't he? Because he didn't play last year. He could. Year. You're right. Yeah. That's I wonder uh, what the odds are on that. Hmm. That's a... Uh, Although, if you're Denver, don't okay. you play conservative with him? No, you definitely do. You're going to limit his minutes. You're not going to put him out there, yeah. especially if he's going to be... He won't get the volume. Right. Yeah. And especially because what he's not going to start, and he's going to bounce between the, you know, the three and the four, which is going to be taken up by, what, Millsap? And by yeah, Grant um, and Grant, right? So yeah, Will Barton he's, he's will got, play he's got yeah. names in front of him. Uh, Again, the Nuggets have everybody. The Nuggets are fucking loaded. All right, I had I couldn't couldn't have a list of players. We couldn't talk about six <laughs> sleepers without me mentioning at least one Boston Celtic. Uh, oh, gasp! Gasp! I know, <laughs> crazy of me. But going is it Brad Stevens? It's Brad <laughs> <laughs> for all it's of like, you. Listen, guys. I'm just going to start, okay? For all of you who play in a league that awards successful out-of-bounds plays, Brad Stevens yeah. is the number one. Yeah, pick. that's why Kevin Love should be a fucking Celtic because he's so good at that. Whatever. Jesus Christ, could you imagine? Oh, fuck. Now, it, now. it would blow our mind. Or maybe they'd clash and I don't like, know. things would get worse. I don't You're know, like, that's man. stupid. Brad Stevens <laughs> would design some fu- just absurd shit where only, only Kevin Love could make the throw. Yeah, uh, he'd be like, "Listen, pass it out of bounds, but make sure it bounces back to." But us. has backspin, and then it right. like hits. Yeah, hits Put our guy some in English on it. Um, no, the Celtic I'm talking about is Jalen Brown. We've mentioned mm-hmm. him a, a few times on this pod. He's going one ten uh, in the ESPN leagues, and even in the shit show that was last the last year Celtics, he managed to average thirteen points, four point two boards, and one point three stocks in twenty five minutes. But the reason. Yeah. The reason I have him, I mean, those are all nice numbers, but also this is his. This is a contract year for him. He's said that he is. He's already gone out and said that he is max money. And the Celtics said, "Yeah, okay, show it." So he's going to show it. He's likely entering this year as in the starting lineup, uh, which he did his sophomore year and almost averaged fifteen and five while shooting thirty nine percent from three. And maybe we'll even mm-hmm. see hints of the two thousand seventeen playoff Jalen, who averaged eighteen a game, like Jalen Brown. I think of everyone on this Celtics team. Everyone, of course, is you know all in love with Jason Tatum, which I am too. We are on this podcast. Jason Tatum is great. He is an MVP. He could be an MVP player in his future. But 
in this 2018 season, I, I think that Jalen Brown is going to be the guy who the young person in the Celtics offense, who's going to take that biggest step forward. And everyone's going to be like, Oh shit, this guy actually is a baller and knows how to play. And is like perfectly adapting to the NBA right now. And he cut his hair, man. He's and coming he in aerodynamic. Hair, which is really still He's an ICBM <laughs> aimed at the NBA. He's here to fucking destroy. I like, I'm not a Celtics fan. Thank God. God, but God, just the I worst. imagine, like, why would you want to be a Boston why would sports anyone fan? Nothing that. good happens. No, um, just such a congratulations on your days. baseball season, by the way. Yeah, fuck you. Uh, but I, I feel like if I were a Celtics fan, I would want Tatum and Brown together forever. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I would want them as the duo. These guys play so well together. They're perimeter players. Like, they're both really smart. They both seem really cool. And you can always find a point guard, and you can always find a center. And then, you know, whatever. Like, get another I mean, that's what the Celtics are literally doing. The Celtics don't, like, (laughs) they don't really, they have a whole hodgepodge at center. Like, fuck it, we're just going to wing with it and see what happens. Oh, my God. Taco, Cantor, and fucking Time Lord. I'm really. Let's, Let's ride. If I didn't have the drum, I'd be so jealous of your your centers because it's just fun. Like each one of them is different in a weird way. And uh, Taco Fall highlights are pretty cool. They are. (laughs) They're like Boban. Cool. Don't don't worry. We'll we'll talk about him when we get to fave things of the week. Oh, sure. So Uh, I think those sleepers. Wait, do you have any honorable mentions? No, I didn't have any honorable mentions. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. was was my, I guess, my honorable mention, if you wanted to call it such. I would like to name just a few dudes that I think are getting drafted too late. Uh, Robert Covington is going 113. Your boy. Yeah, I mean, like, no one gets the stocks like he does along with outside shots. Like, two years ago, just look at what he did in Philly. Um, He's if he's healthy, he's going to be a top 75 player at least. Um, I think Danny green, who's going 137, is a really, really important player for the Lakers. Did you see his and, quote about how he's feels like he's playing with the most space he's ever had in his career? Yeah. Like, like that's, that's, that's absolutely terrifying. <laughs> that is, yeah. That and is, he's that right. Is... It's just because LeBron and AD are going to just pick and roll the league to death. And right. that just means that Danny green, who's this dude who's supposed to be standing back anyway, because he's, you know, better on defense than offense he's just gonna be fucking wide open it, oh jesus what and a just, great just signing. nailing threes yeah uh i also think eric gordon who's going 141 yep. that's a little late and also dennis smith jr who is the starting point guard for the new york knicks he's going 128 i don't know who the fuck else is going to be starting a point guard for them? So uh, they're going to start. It's going to get volume. Power forwards. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how funny would that be? They're like, yo, man, Julius Randall. You don't know Julius just... Randall can play a uh, point forward. Well, he he's my number five power forward to jump ahead. No, he's not. He is. Oh yeah. my god. Okay. Well, before I we get into our top... thoughts about him, <laughs> Jesus. Before we get into our top five power forwards, uh, let's take a quick break uh, for some advertisements. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, we are back. And as Natty has already alluded to, uh, top five power forwards, your number five is julius randall uh talk to me yeah. because because i think we we've we've been th- slowly making our way through all these positions right and he, with each one we've been like oh this is tough oh this is tough oh this is tough and i think this one is tough in a different way because a lot of guys are pushed high on my list simply because most of the people who are power forward eligible are really centers and since we're going to mm-hmm. do top 10 top five centers i didn't want to include them on this list so you know, I give you shit for having Julius Randle this high, but I think that there is a lot of names that kind of get pushed up because of this. But here, explain to me why Julius Randle is your number five power forward in fantasy this year. Okay, so first of all, the New York Knicks are going to be bad. <laughs> Julius Randle is a good player who happens to be on a bad team. Uh, 34 players averaged 20 points per game last year or more. Julius Randle was in that group, and he had the lowest or the fewest field goal attempts per game of that group, 14.9. He also only averaged 30 minutes per game. He is the starting power forward for the New York Knicks. He's arguably the best player on the team right now. He's going to play more, and he's going to shoot more. I think his field goal attempts will go up by at least three. He is only 25 years old. He's a hyper-efficient player when put in the right situation. And I think the situation for the Knicks is we have no fucking idea how good any of these guys are except for Julius Randle. So, like, him and Mitch Robb will just be... I mean, their starting five is Dennis Smith Jr., R.J. Barrett, a rookie, Kevin Knox, who was the worst shooters last year, but, like, we believe in... Julius Randle, Mitch Rob. I That's a team that screams Julius Randle to you. I think he is going to bulldoze through the league. I think he is really going to try to prove himself as the face of the franchise because who, who else is there? Um, and I sort of feel like him and Fisdale will be simpatico. I kind of like that fit. It's... Um, you yeah, know, a little bit of uh, grit and grind, like East, and I. Uh, he's an actual good distributor as well, Randall. So I, I think he's a young player who's been through some real weird teams already, and all of a sudden he's going to be the vet on this team. Like again, Dennis Smith Jr., R.J. Barrett, a rookie, Kevin Knox, his second year, Mitch Rob, his second year. Like Julius Randall is the oldest dude in the starting five. This is kind of his team, no? Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I I mean, I do remember last year when he came in from filled for the Pelicans that 
he looked great. And everyone was like, oh shit, Julius Randle is good. Um, and so I think that he can do great things in New York as well. And you make a great point that it's his team. It's his offense. Like this is seemingly as the best player on this team, things will probably run through him at some level. And so why couldn't he? Yeah, no, I, I don't hate it. Um, and it's a nice, seg- <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice segue because my number five top five power forward is the Knicks old power forward uh, who they decided wasn't worth yeah. keeping around. And this is a lot of me just wanting to speak good things into existence, but I'm just, I'm just going to mark it down. Kristaps Porzingis is going to be the top five power forward in fantasy this year. I am expecting wow. a healthy, a full health bill. He's going to be get the good old check mark ready to go. Um, even if he plays some sort of kind of limited minutes or, or, you know, kind of measured time, like he's still, I think he's just going to be very, very good. And he, can do everything that Dirk did and so I feel like just fits very nicely into Dirk's like I don't think that it's a shocker that the Mavs made a move for him because basically you can play the exact same offense and just plug Chris Stapps in for Dirk and he is now you added three inches there which is also preposterous um so it's 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 a little bit of speaking things into existence and just kind of willing a full bill of health for Chris Stapps this year, which I understand is not the most realistic thing. But I also think that if he does play even 60 games this year, that he is so good and people have forgotten just how good he is that uh, he can easily be a top five fantasy guy this year. But Pete, why would the Knicks have gotten rid of him if he's going to be that good? <laughs> I mean, man? it's true. The Knicks have a perfect track record of retaining the players that they uh, they know like, will be good. Yeah, come on. Use your head, dude. <laughs> like sorry. James Dolan wouldn't have traded him away if he was going to be good. So you're <laughs> uh, just I wrong. Really, I really messed that one up. Kristaps <laughs> uh, Porzingis is not a player who will be an MVP, but he's a player right beneath that in the tier when he's um, healthy. And the Mavs are in a strange situation where they don't have, they don't have to be good, but they will be good if he's healthy. So, I mean, it's sort of Luca's team right now, but they have really interesting players, including Seth Curry, who was just a great fucking pickup for them. Yeah. He played Um, really well last year. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. He's a sharpshooter. And they're a team that, you know, they're not asset heavy, but they could definitely make a trade. Uh, And if Chris stops, if the, if the unicorn tap capital T capital U is actually back to form and good, then Holy mother of God, we might have another like really Titanic Western conference playoff team. Yeah. Cause how do you guard him? How, and and then how do you guard him with Luca on the court with him? I mean, God damn. Like, think about all of the elite teams in the West and their centers. Who can guard Kristaps? Well, it's because everyone in the West went small to deal with the Warriors. Right. And even if they're big, they can't just travel out to the three-point line and right. surrender the paint. So, like, last year, Brooke Lopez really hurt Utah during the regular season because he drew Rudy Gobert out of the paint, and that really hurt them. Again, just during the regular season. Who knows if that will work again? But, like, Porzingis is going to be able to do the exact same thing. You're either going to leave him open, which means he'll 
just like sink three point shots, or you're going to be pulling a defender out from near the rim and you're going to be opening it up for one of your other players. Yep. So Kristaps is what, 24 maybe. Um, also just it's, insane. It's crazy how young the Mavs are. It's really cool that Dirk played long enough to like actually pass the torch off to the next Dirk. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just a great pick. I, it, if, if he's not, a hundred percent okay then i feel like the mavs won't play him at all mm-hmm. you know just because right. it's so there's no reason like you to just don't want back. bigs right. yeah yeah exactly and they don't need to make the playoffs this year god no. they just need to show that um they know what they're doing right. and i think that the mavs have shown like the mavs yeah they've shown they have shown that they are a very put together franchise and that they can build a team and can have continued success like even if Porzingis wasn't on that team I still think the Mavericks got better in the yeah, offseason you know of like and I think that they did it in a way that will also help Luca so I think they're doing it very very smartly agreed 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 all right uh number four power forward in fantasy uh I'll go first uh we talked about the Warriors and I gotta I have to put Draymond here uh, I just think that this is, we've talked about this way back in one of the earlier podcasts. This could be the year of point, point Draymond again, where because of the fact Dude. that Durant is out because, you know, no longer that because of the fact that Clay Thompson is going to be injured and coming back from it, that this is Steph and Draymond. I think you could expect, I like, I, I would not be surprised from a like 13, eight and eight stat line with good defense. And that is a great fantasy uh, asset. Dude, I love you. I'm so happy you're in Ann Arbor. Draymond is also my number four. Beautiful. That's so God, fucking so, we're awesome. We're so harmonious. I love it. Yeah, because all the other ones, we've been, you know, different and trying to convince each other of it. And now <laughs> that we're, like, absolutely the same with this Draymond just, at four. This is just a, a beautiful, warm embrace. I feel I, I'm all warm inside now. Yo, I just want to give you some stats real quick. Cause Hit Dre, us with them. Shit. I mean, okay, only four players last year averaged seven point seven or more points per game, seven or more rebounds per game, and seven or more assists per game. Ben Simmons, Nikola Jokic, LeBron James, and Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Draymond Green last year averaged seven plus points per game, seven plus rebounds per game, and six point nine assists <laughs> per game. He also averaged one plus steal and one plus block. He is the only player in the NBA to have that stat line. In 2015 to 16, he averaged 14 points per game on 49% shooting, nine rebounds, seven assists, one and a half steals, one plus block. This is Draymond's motherfucking year. Someone call Eminem because people forgot about Dre. He is going to come in (laughs) and be a wrecking ball. The, yeah, it shows my age, like, right on. Oh, yeah, right. That oh, thing from yeah, the last century. Yeah, you were in high century. school <laughs> Totally. Right. Back when you called it rap. <laughs> Before it had anyway, 7 billion different names. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Draymond is one of the smartest players in the league. He is not yet 30 years old, which I think would surprise a lot of people. Uh, he didn't come into last year in shape, which... I, in retrospect, I sort of feel like, yo, man, you just went to four straight finals. Like, yeah, maybe rest was actually good for your body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Especially and since he's he, a smaller guy and, who's been just getting smacked around for dude since he's he's like six seven. It's like it's him and his ass that have yeah. been able to play center. <laughs> it, like he's so he he might be him and LeBron might be the two smartest players in the league mm-hmm. because they just know what to do and when to do it. Mm-hmm. And Draymond is without a doubt one of the best ball distributors in the entire NBA. He is great. And if his three-point shot hadn't deserted him last year for reasons X, Y, and Z, then, you know, he would have had a much better stat line. But even as it is, even if he's scoring less than 10 points per game, seven, seven, and seven, only four players did that last year. And every single one of them is a dude that could maybe win the MVP. So, and Draymond is the only one that gets you as many stocks. I, I, I mean... There is no. nothing not to love. Also, he's awesome and he's funny and it's him and Steph and I can't fucking wait to watch this new Warriors team. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Ah, it's so nice when we agree. Uh, let's move on to number three. Yeah, then. it's rare. <laughs> I know it is. Who's your number three power forward fantasy this year? Ghost Suns. I'm going with Blake. Oh Blake my Griffin. God, we're back to back. Oh, no way. Really? Oh, that's yeah. great. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, cool. Blake Griffin, 24, seven and five last year. Only eight players did that. Here's the list. Paul George, Giannis, Joel Embiid, LeBron, Kawhi, Anthony Davis, the big cat, and Blake. He yeah, is, decent list. Yeah, yeah. A dude that should be considered for, well, I mean, the Pistons are not a team that has an MVP. But, like, he's playing at a level that is worthy of MVP down ballot consideration. He had, of that list of eight players that I just said, he had the second most three-point attempts of that group at seven per game on 36% shooting from three-point. 17 players averaged seven plus three-point attempts last year. Blake had the fourth best field goal percentage of that group, 46 field goal, after Bradley Beal, Steph Curry, and Clay fucking Thompson. He was fourth after those dudes. He is good. The Pistons are going to win the finals. Fuck y'all. Fuck us. Yeah, I have in my notes just, I think it's very realistic that he finishes 22, 8, and 5 this year. And that is all you need to know. Or he's injured for the whole year and... You know, Natty, don't even, we're not even going to talk about it. We're not going to talk about that. We shouldn't. We're we shouldn't. only, we're only being positive on this podcast. We're going back I to agree. back of agreeing on the same pick. We have to, we have to keep this good vibe going. I mean, I think our top two are, oh, no way. You used Giannis last week. So I used Giannis use last him. week. Exactly. Yes. It's the only reason why, oh, why shit. Anthony Davis is my number one is because Giannis, I had him as a small four. Okay. So who's your two? So shit. my two, my two is, Little bit speaking good things into existence because he's on my fantasy team. But John Collins, I think okay. I think John Collins is easily, and you wrote about this uh, on fake teams. You wrote an article talking about uh, breaking down 2018 stats for all the different categories. And you mentioned it, and, and it's what clicked in my head. John Collins easily can average 20 and 10 this year. Uh, oh yeah, and even more if he starts shooting threes. He was shooting thirty six percent last year, uh, and he yep. only is shooting three threes per game. So I think that's something that he could even increase. Like if he even shoots one more three per game, you know, he could be a twenty four and ten guy. Uh, sure, 
I like that pick because I think it's really important for Trey Young to have John Collins uh, drawing defenders out of the lane. Yeah. Like, I think for Trey Young to be as good in offensive force as we think that he can be, and as he showed after the All-Star game last year, you have to be able to give him a clear path to the basket. And that means John Collins or whoever's playing front court for the Hawks will have to try to shoot better from deeper and deeper. So I think he almost by default has to develop an outside shot. Um, Which he's already kind of shown flashes of. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, if you're an agent in the NBA and your client is a big, you have to tell them. Oh, they got to just just be all you're doing is practice shooting threes. Yeah, for sure. And the rest of that team is rookie. I mean, they have two rookies and Kevin Herter and Trey. Yeah. I mean, they might, it might all be outside in which case, you know, John Collins is going to be on one of the fastest, youngest teams in the league. And I don't think that can hurt you in terms no. of fantasy production. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. I mean, you, he had two assists last year. He had, I, let me quickly do math. Yeah, one, that could go up. 1.3 stocks, which I also think could go up. I mean, he averaged yeah. um, he averaged 0.6 blocks per game. Uh, and in his rookie year, he averaged one in, you know, some change, which I think, so I think he could return to that where he's now giving you one and a half to maybe even two stocks uh, per game. And then his, I, and I agree with you. Yeah, his assists could go up. Like, I think, he has a chance for all of his major category numbers to take it to take a bump, and he's going to give you major category numbers and everything, um, and he's going to get the minutes in order to consistently do that. Yeah, hopefully he's up around like thirty-three minutes per game. Yep. Um, and I just don't think that we should doubt a dude who's shown improvement. You know, there's a clear trend line. He's getting closer to, you know, getting into his next contract. I think he might be the oldest guy in the starting five. So uh, he's, you know, there's, there's uh, like, I can't think of any good reason to think that he won't at least maintain, if not get better. So, yeah, Yeah. I love that pick. Uh, All right. So I'm assuming your number two then is Anthony Davis and your number one is Giannis. Yeah, of course. Okay, so talk to me. Give me a quick Giannis spiel, and then we could talk about Anthony Davis because I felt very dirty putting him as my number one power forward, uh, and I think it's probably because we have similar thoughts about him. But uh, talk to me quickly about Giannis because I feel like there's not too much more that needs to be said about him. But The motherfucker <laughs> scored 27 <laughs> points per game last year. <laughs> 12 rebounds, 5 assists. We've spoken a lot about the Bucks losing Malcolm Brogdon, but we haven't really spoken about how, oh shit, maybe that just means that Giannis will do more. Like <laughs> we've Giannis talked about, about everybody else doing more. A whole level that we have yet to yeah, see. Yeah, dude. Cause we, we've also talked about who we think is going to be pissed off. And we agree that Giannis is probably going to be pissed off because A, they lost Malcolm Brogdon and B, he got embarrassed in FIBA. Like what if he just comes in and is, telling himself like fuck all these people i'm going to destroy the league like harden did a couple years ago yeah or like westbrook does every time he wakes up you know like it's it is not outside the realm of possibility that Giannis averages over 30 points per game this year and um they won 60 games he's young as hell 
and there's absolutely no reason to think that he can't get better. Yeah. And if he develops a three-point shot, he'll be the best player who ever lived. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Can you imagine if he does? I mean, we, we, we opened the show talking about what if Ben Simmons went, makes it, has a three-point shot. God, what if Giannis just shoots like 34% from three? What did he I shoot do think that's uh, – I, mean, I forget. Me, but do some like quick, some quick statistical research. That, I, I think that's the dream scenario for the Eastern Conference Finals. I think that you want to see mm. Giannis versus Simmons and Embiid and you just want to see like the herky jerky 76ers versus the MVP led Bucks. And I know that's probably not great for maybe ratings, but maybe it is because all three of those dudes are not from America. And so maybe you bring in the whole world rather than having like, I don't know, Boston versus Brooklyn. And like, <laughs> I just think that it's going to be really, really exciting to see what these dudes do and, you know, not for nothing, but they're all immigrants and they're doing really, really well in this country and God bless them. Giannis is going to be like the idea that he gets worse is crazy to me. So he'll either be just as good, but he'll probably be fucking better. Uh, He shot 25% from three last year. Yeah. But so what? Oh no, I know. I'm just saying, I'm just saying like he did that all. He did everything he did last year. He averaged 27.7, averaged 12.5 boards, averaged almost six assists, averaged basically three stocks per game and shot 25% from three. The year before he shot 30. I like, if he can go back to 30 while taking three attempts a game, like Jesus Christ, Giannis. Uh, Dude, and he's the most like well put together, gigantic person oh, anyone God. has ever that, seen in their whole life. He's, and he's cool. Yeah, like he's he's amazing. He's he reminds cool. Me, yeah, his body type kind of reminds me of uh, young Dwight Howard, where it's just yeah, like sure. just like perfect, like his bone structure perfectly can take on muscle. Like he, dude, just, or Alonzo Mourning. Yes, like yes, yep, 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 yeah. Yep. You know what? You're an asshole if you don't take Giannis first overall in a draft and no, you have the that's, opportunity that's to. The dumbest because, fucking like, thing to Anthony, do. all these other idiot. dudes, like, they're good, but no one's as cool as Giannis, man. No, don't be, There's don't be an idiot. No one is cool as him. Um, all right, quickly on Anthony Davis, and then we, we can get to fave things of the week. Um, I The reason why I felt dirty putting him at one is just because I, I really, I mean, I. He is phenomenal. He is a phenomenal basketball player. He will be great in LA. He will do great things. My worry about him is just injury. I do not trust him to be able to play, you know, all 82 games. I don't even trust him to play like 65 games. Uh, Maybe that's a little low. 70. Don't definitely don't trust him to play 70. Yeah, maybe don't trust him to play 65 games. So, that was the main reason where I was just like, God, I really want to have someone else. Like I want one other big name, true fantasy stud power forward to put above Anthony mm-hmm. Davis, just to make me feel better about it. Um, and you know, if I didn't put Giannis at small forward, then he would be there. Or if I, you know, right. shifted Embiid or Jokic, or, or if you Kat, had balls or, and you put Zion there, or if I had <laughs> true cojones and put Zion. <laughs> uh yeah if i if i yeah that would have been a ballsy um so it's again nothing against anthony davis he's going to be incredible this year like he will be what anthony davis is and what you can expect from him it's just i personally the way i like to play fantasy is the guys who i take 
you know, the big name guys, the guys who you're spending a first or second or even a third, but first and second round picks, like your first one or two picks are guys who I plug into my lineup and I never have to worry about again. And Anthony yeah. Davis is someone who I'm going to be worried about every single week because what happens if he gets slightly banged up and the Lakers say, quick, shut him down for a month because we don't want him to get hurt. Or what if they're resting LeBron and it's AD and this Joker crew, you know, like we, I like the Lakers more than a lot of people, but I also acknowledge that they could look really, really shitty if this doesn't go well. Oh yeah. Um, So I think it's correct to be conservative with Anthony Davis. Like he hasn't, uh, missed as much time as I think people believe in the popular consciousness, but he misses time on a regular basis. You know, it's like every right. other week he's, you know, out with like a nicked knee or something, you know, it's or he just like goes to the locker room at halftime. It's just that he seems like he's always needing maintenance. And I am hopeful that he plays at least 70, 75 games this year. I think it would be crazy to play him all 82. But I also think that if he's actually going for MVP and if LeBron isn't lying through his teeth, then he's going to have to play at least 75 games. Yeah. So but, if, you, if you look at his, if you look at his career, career yeah. history in games, 64, 67, 68, 61, 75, 75, 56. Yeah, and the 56 last year right. is misleading was, because, right. because like, he was, he it was an injured been, slash also just giving yeah, up on the team. You know, if no, something and it's hadn't happened, maybe he would have been in the It's encouraging 70s. that those last two years, you know, year 2016 and 2017 were both 75 games that he played. Uh, but even totally still, that's just but if you watch pelicans games it's like every fucking right. second quarter he's going to the locker room so like that's not very encouraging right. but whatever I, I mean that might just be nitpicking and you know but maybe it... he needed to take a dump or something <laughs> well you need a wheelchair for that right maybe he's a heavy smoker and he's just like man i need a butt come on <laughs> um but he yeah. scored 25 points, but 12 rebounds, really three assists last year. Like, again, he's with LeBron James. Um, I think a lot of people are, you know, the, the haters for the brow are saying, oh, yeah, but look at what Kevin Love was next to LeBron. Mm. And that's totally fair, except that there's no Kyrie Irving on this Lakers team. Right. So I would, I would compare Anthony Davis more to Kyrie than to Kevin. Yeah, Lowe. for sure. Totally. Like it, this is those when LeBron and AD are on the floor together, they're just going to be playing with each other. Right. You know, like everybody else is just sort of there to uh, help them be at their best. And there is a part of me that wonders if uh, they'll get staggered more than we think just because of how strange the team looks. But, I, you know, like, those are two of the ten best players in the league, and they should be out there all the time. And Anthony Davis, if he's not as good as he was in New Orleans, then I think that really has something to do with the coaching. Because there's nothing out there that says that he's hurt. There's nothing out there that, you know, like... it it means that the Lakers aren't using him correctly. 
Yeah. And at that point, um, you know, LeBron will probably get a coach fired again. Yeah, that's <laughs> what he does. Uh, all right. Before we get to favorite things, and I know this is hard for us, but we're, I'm, I'm, we're going to keep this quick and succinct. Uh, before we get to favorite things, though, I wanted to get your opinion, and we'll very briefly touch on this, on the whole NBA China drama, because I do think it's important to say we like to talk about how progressive and and woke the NBA is, especially when you compare it to the NFL. Uh, but it, this is a clear example that it doesn't matter uh, if the bottom line is in jeopardy. I mean, it's never wrong to stand up for human rights. Right. It's never, never, never wrong to stand up for liberty, for freedom, for you know, basic civil human inalienable rights, like the right to free speech, like the right to free assembly, like the right to practice religion, which is not being acknowledged in the Western provinces in China. The people in Hong Kong are protesting. They're not like even demanding secession. They're not demanding money. They're not demand. you know, they're not being, you know, terribly violent. They're, it's, crazy to think that an american would be admonished for standing with people who are peacefully protesting for their basic civil rights yeah so just adam silver we know you listen to the podcast but uh you're you've done a lot of great things and i know that china is a huge market that it's a lot of money you don't want to lose but maybe it's okay to lose that because maybe you shouldn't be working with or in bed with them. Can I also say my first reaction when I saw what was going down was, fuck the Rockets. I'm going to root against them as hard as I possibly can. Tillman Fertitta is a motherfucker and he's craven and he's a coward and he threw Daryl Morey under the bus. But upon further reflection... I thought this, that Daryl Morey is a very smart guy, and it would have been weird for him to tweet that if he hadn't considered the ramifications first. Right. And so I think he got a little bit of shit because he deleted the tweet. And I I think maybe all of this is uh, not by design, but he anticipated it. I think he tweeted that out knowing that there was at least a 1% chance that he would get fired because he works for the Houston Rockets. He knows that team and that franchise inside and out. He knows how important the Chinese market is to the team and to the NBA as a whole. I think that what he did was actually really brave because it would astound me if he had done it just at the spur of the moment, you know, like without thinking about it and without considering what the possible consequences could be. I think he probably did that knowing that there was maybe even a more than likely chance that he would at least get admonished and maybe get fired and maybe never work in the NBA again. And I, you know, I, I think it was maybe like a brave thing because now everyone's talking about it. Yeah. And I also think it was a good GM thing to do because he knew his players were going to be playing in China while these protests are going on and if he hadn't said something someone would have asked the players about it and then all of a sudden it's like oh why is james harden playing in china when you know china's cracking down on liberty and freedom and it would have been about the players 
rather than um, the NBA as a whole. So I think after thinking about it, that Daryl Morey, what he did was really brave and it was also very smart and it shielded the players. And it, I, I mean, everyone's talking about it and yeah. it is absolutely never, ever, ever wrong to stand up for basic human rights. Agreed. Uh, all right, let's wrap it up. Fave thing of the week. Uh, I'll start because I already alluded to mine. I just want to take a moment and talk about Taco Fall. Taco Fall <laughs> is a beautiful person who I want so dearly to take the Celtics 15th uh, roster spot. He, uh, in their preseason game against he, the Hornets. He'll have to. He'll have to. There's, he's, he's gotten too much cult status for them not mm-hmm. to. Uh, he had a standing block against the Hornets, which know, was that's crazy. just the most beautiful <laughs> thing to witness. Uh, and of course, Tommy Heinsohn lost his goddamn fucking mind over it, which is uh, just beautiful to hear. He just, uh, he's just wonderful. And you look at Celtics Twitter, uh, they've tweeted all kinds of movies and, and clips and pictures of him just like being jovial and joking around with the players. And, and, and he's helped. He's like, there's so many videos of him helping kids like dunk and he lifts them up because good God, his arms touch the top of the backboard. Uh, yeah. He's just a wonderful human. Cool, Taco, dude. I hope you listen to this podcast because, God damn it, I love you. And I hope you, uh, <laughs> I hope you make the Celtics, and I'm sure you will. Uh, and if you do, I'll get, I'll get myself a Taco jersey. So, Yo, if they don't, fuck them. Are fuck, you kidding? Yeah, I'm cut Danny Ainge because I know you do listen. All the higher-ups in the NBA <laughs> listen to this podcast. Danny Ainge, yeah. I am, I am cutting my Celtics fan. I'm leaving the Celtics if you don't keep Taco Fall as your 15th player. I mean, see, totally. swear to God, who's who's challenging Taco for that spot? Yeah, like Marcus Smart on the Boston Celtics Slack, like forwards our podcast to Danny. <laughs> He's like, question He's like, mark? Oh, Danny, you got <laughs> called out again. Danny's like, yeah, dot, dot, dot. Eyes looking. <laughs> uh, what's been your fave thing of the week? My fave thing of the week, this is... Uh, totally nerdy and I'm really sorry but um, reading and thinking about how uh, Sabonis and Miles Turner are going to be and just how the Pacers are going to look this year Fuck yes. because um, there's a saying you always are fighting the last war and what that means is that you're always applying the lessons that you learned from your last campaign in the new battle against the new foe even if the new war is completely different from the old one as they usually are and i think that the pacers last year played in a way that won't continue to work i think they have to change i think that sabonis is one of the most powerful and efficient and elite and awesome interior presences offensively in the league and i think that miles turner if he can get his outside shot going like just a little bit more, I think Mm -hmm. those two can coexist. And if they can, if the Pacers can actually figure out how to keep both of these guys and they mesh, then later this season, what you're going to have is those two guys going full bore with Malcolm Brogdon out on the perimeter and Victor fucking Oladipo coming back. And all of a sudden, the Pacers will again, for the nth time in a row, be the team that no one wants to play in the playoffs. Yeah. And it's it's always, I always love, I mean, this is this is why anyone, you know, if you, at a certain point, once you get past just your basic 
fandom for a sport, when you become more invested as a fan, it's because you start caring about how teams strategize, how teams plan. It's why most of the video games I play are all the sports ones because I love team construction and like how to strategize and how to plan around. So of course, like it's super fucking cool to like read about and to think about like how teams will adapt and how teams will take situations that don't necessarily make sense on paper, but make them work because they have to. And I think the Pacers are a perfect example of a team that you're a little confused of how those pieces will all fit together, but you trust that they will. And when they do, and when you see it on tape and when you see it on the screen as working together, you're like, wow, that is a brilliant piece of coaching right there. I also think that the Pacers, like if it doesn't work, then they're allowed to say, okay, well, Oladipo is injured and we need to make a trade. And so this year is just sort of a wash. And so then they don't make the playoffs and so they're out and like Miami's in or something mm-hmm. um but trading Miles Turner or Sabonis will bring you back something valuable and if the Pacers don't do well this year the asset that they get back for or the assets that they get back for those guys could be really fucking incredible yeah uh awesome i like it i like it i like it make sure to subscribe to the podcast uh everywhere where you look for podcasts itunes spotify stitcher fake teams podcast channel that's where you'll find us uh follow us on twitter at the long two podcast we will be back at you guys next week to continue we'll finish up our fantasy rankings we'll get our centers locked and loaded and keep talking basketball because it is just around the corner so talk to you next week natty have a great week, man. Thanks. Bye.